Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight, expertise, top guest. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Ready. Tennessee tops number one ranked Alabama. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. Big show on tap as we will visit with Josh Ward of the Sports Animal. Also take a look at Tennessee again in their preseason rankings for football. Will they be a 10-win team again, or will they be a team that uh, hovers around that eight-win mark? We'll get to all of that, and he is uh, Caleb Calhoun. So we start with basketball, and a good morning to Caleb and our listeners out there. Caleb, how are you, sir? Pretty good. Uh, Probably not feeling as ecstatic as the Tennessee basketball team this morning, but it's hard to feel more ecstatic than they do. So, (laughs) Very true. Very true. Travis saying good morning. Does Tennessee own Alabama? I think so. Maybe they do. The past two times those teams have met um, when when Alabama was highly ranked. Well, Well, I guess not the past two times, but in now in basketball and football, they've been able to uh, beat Alabama. So that's pretty significant win in a lot of ways. And I want to remind you that portions of the program are brought to you by Zul Beer, XULBeer.com, the official craft beer of Off the Hook Sports. Downtown parking, they've got that. It's phenomenal and worldwide award winning craft beer. That's Zul Beer, XULBeer.com. Great merch, too. Caleb, I wanted to say it yesterday, but I didn't. I just had the weirdest feeling given the ebb and flow of this Tennessee basketball season that they would play really, really well against Alabama. And I thought they would win. I thought it throughout the day and I just got more cemented in that mindset. I'm not stunned by Tennessee. I think the upside of this team is still tremendous. And you saw some of that reaching some of that upside uh, last night. I'm not ready to say they're, in, in the final four, but they have the ability to stand toe to toe with any team in the nation and get a victory. And that's what they did last night. Yeah. I have to give you credit. I Just so people know, I don't run from myself being wrong. I brag when I'm right. I'll admit I was dead wrong. I, I thought Alabama would run away with it. I thought there was a matchup problem for Tennessee and their style. I missed one key matchup advantage for Tennessee though, which is because of Alabama's frenetic pace, they're prone to turnovers. And playing against a team like Tennessee, which plays very aggressive defense, that's going to result in a lot of turnovers. And that's what happened last night. And so you're right. I have to give Tennessee credit. I'm a, I'm a little less bullish on this win, though, than I think a lot of people, including you, are. I, this is the eighth time a number one team has fallen in college basketball this year. Alabama is not beating Alabama at number one. It just doesn't have the same feel that I think beating a lot of other number one teams in basketball have in years past because I don't. Even though they were number one, I don't think we all thought that Alabama was the clear-cut best team in the nation coming sure. into the game yesterday. A wide-open year. Yeah, totally wide-open year. And there were still some issues that were plaguing Tennessee yesterday. I mean, they still shot 25% from three. They were also 10 of 18 from the free-throw line at one point. They finished 16 of 25 because they hit a lot of garbage-time free throws and Alabama was fouling to try to come back. 
And those are two things that, again, you get to March, you play a team that's shooting red hot. Again, Tennessee still hasn't proven they can hang with a team like that on a night-in and night-out basis. They got away with it last night because they forced a lot of turnovers. But what happens when you play one of those smaller teams that, you know, they they played together for four years and they don't turn the ball over and they're just shooting the ball bites out in the game? I, I don't think this is, is – this isn't a number one win that – I. It's not the most impressive number one win. I'm sorry. It's just not. No, you, you didn't you didn't beat Duke with Mike Krzyzewski. Um, you didn't beat um, North Carolina with uh, uh, Roy Williams. You didn't do any of that. So, I mean, is Alabama suddenly one of the blue bloods of basketball? No, they're having a good season and a season that's wide open. Okay, so, no, I don't think it's anything like that. And I'm not suddenly bullish on this team throughout the rest of the season. I want to be real clear. I just thought that they would bounce back last night at home. I think basketball is an ebb and flow sport. And just when you're ready to throw dirt on somebody that has talent, they can crop up and and get a big win. So I'm not suddenly bullish on, on, on this team because of that win. I want to be real clear. I still don't like their style of play in, in the tournament. And I think they've got issues, but that being said, I'll be slightly baby bullish on the fact that Tennessee got much better guard play, uh, I thought, and 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 seemed to shrug off the clutch issue, especially with Santiago Vescovi. And that, to me, is key. Those two things have to be checked off the list, or this is a first weekend and out team. And at least, if they're not completely checked off, the boxes have been addressed. Is that fair? That's very fair to say, yes. They have shown that they can be clutch when they need to. Although, don't forget, when the game was still close late, Muscovy did miss another front end of a one-on-one last night. <laughs> I know. I know. I... It, it, it was so it, – it, 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 at this point, it's like a kicker. It, it, it's like the Cowboys kicker, whatever his name is. Something Merrigan, I forget. But you know. uh, Let's not even speak his name, but it's Mar. Okay. Um, yeah. It's, it's Miss R. Miss R. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I, I, I'm with you. I think what really stood out for me yesterday was we've been seeing for a while now that teams haven't been leaving the perimeter because the bigs aren't delivering under the basket. Well, to their credit, they delivered yesterday. I mean, Ross Blavchik finally showed up come on, coming off the bench. And, I mean, what a game Jonas Adu had. You know, double-double with um, three blocks. And that was the real story was on the other side, Alabama – I counted 12 missed shots from just point blank range. And that, that includes shots Tennessee blocked, altered, things like that. I mean, Tennessee's interior defense was incredible. But I will say this. This is the thing that drives me crazy, and Rick Barnes still does it. 14 mid-range shots yesterday, I counted. I think they made one. And I'm sorry, I, this Rick Barnes' obsession with the mid-range, it, it's it's going to do this team in again. Um. It, it, it probably will, but l- let's not too quickly uh, rain on Tennessee's parade. Again, if, if they don't win that game, here's here's why I think I'm slightly more bullish than you, is if Tennessee doesn't win that game, we're having a totally different conversation right now. We're having a conversation of this team is going down the tubes, right? So at least that conversation is not happening on a Thursday it, it was one of those cases where I don't know that you save yourself, but you at least got to the life raft. Yes, this is last night assured. Let's say it this way. 
Last night assured this is not Jerry Green's final team at Tennessee, the one that started number four. And then, and like you talked about a couple of days ago, had players only meetings every two weeks and never really corrected the slide. <laughs> and um, sold those not in our house, not in our house t-shirts for three home games and lost all three of those home games. I mean, I forgot were- about that. And the other was, uh, oh, wake up call. That's what I couldn't think the other day. Jerry Green said the term wake up call. That was a wake up call. That was a wake up. Well, this was a wake up call. That was a wake. But nobody ever got up. They kept hitting the snooze alarm. So Tennessee could have hit the snooze alarm last night. They didn't do that. They beat the number one team in the nation in Alabama. And and again, I'm I'm with you for the most part. And please go ahead and hit that like button, uh, share. We appreciate that. We want to bring more people into the program. And also, if you haven't subscribed to this point, just do so. Uh, Caleb has all kinds of great videos uh, online. Somebody asked about Tennessee uh, baseball. We'll have a conversation with John Wilkerson on our YouTube channel, if you don't already. Also, Cooper and Jacob, Cooper Mays and Jacob Warren uh, coming up. But I agree with you fundamentally. I don't think this team is best suited for March, but that is exactly what Rick Barnes' teams are. But can this team beat Kentucky on this weekend? Yeah. Can they make a little run? Yeah. And if they get the right draw, I'm not ruling out a Final Four. I I wouldn't rule out a Final Four for any team right now that has been in the top ten consistently because I think the field is wide open. So I – you know, picking a Final Four for anybody this year is probably a long shot. You know odds better than me, Caleb. But I wouldn't rule it out for any team that's been consistently in the top ten this year because it's so wide open. Yeah, I, I wouldn't either. I would, But if I were to do a bracket because it's so wide open, I would stick with my principles on what I know happens in March. And so that would be like – if I'm doing a bracket, I'm not putting Purdue and Tennessee in the Final Four. I don't think it's impossible that either of them goes. I'm not putting either of them in, though. I'm going to tell you guys right now I'm not putting – and, and they were one and two about two weeks ago. Um, so I think you're right. It's wide open. Anything can possibly happen. And look, we, we have to be fair. Tennessee didn't have Josiah Jordan James or Julian Phillips last night. But Dave, I got to ask you this. I'm starting to wonder, do you think Josiah James is like kind of like the Cedric Tillman of Tennessee basketball this year? It's like, it mm-hmm. seems like when he's in there and it's not necessarily his fault, but they're trying to readjust their offense to him being or their whole style of play to him being in the game. And they seem to have been You're right. Yeah, it's not a knock on the young man. And I said this during football season about Cedric Tillman, and I think we were a little bit ahead of the curve on this. But I just thought him coming back into the lineup created a disturbance, a disruption. And it wasn't Cedric Tillman's fault, and it wasn't Josh Heupel's fault, it wasn't Hendon Hooker's fault. Just things were going smooth without him. So, yeah, I think there's some of that going on. I hate to say that about a you know, but player that is obviously you would think would help you, but sometimes you're better off with what you've learned. And, and you know, we're past mid-February all of a sudden. Uh, Caleb, this is not a team that needs to try to reinvent itself with an injured player that's going to come back into the fold. I mean, we, we're we just, what, 14 days, 12 days away from March. I mean, you can't be messing around anymore. Yeah, exactly. Um, I agree. I think we – this is a problem in sports in general. You know, a team is winning and winning and winning, and then there's this – Whole, oh, it's going to be so great when they get this other great player back that's on their team. I'm like, not necessarily. That's not really how sports works. Um, it doesn't work with players and it doesn't work with coaches. I mean, 
you know, coaches is the obvious one, 1992 former majors. I mean, isn't half the reason that three-game losing streak happened because Tennessee was confused on which coach to follow when majors returned from the former um, 3-0 start? Yeah, I think uh, Johnny wanted to come back a little too quickly, uh, too. That was part of the issue. All right, uh, memorable wins versus number one teams. That's what we want to get into, and we'll do that now. It's today's tough question brought to you by Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han. Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of offthehooksports.com. Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han. Vision correction done on a local level, and they care about their customers. Check them out, whether it's LASIK surgery. I had that. I can see so far away. It's fantastic. And they also can do any sort of cataract surgery or just regular eye examinations. Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han, they're local. That means something. Today's tough question, Tennessee, what is their most memorable win against a number one team and we can go any sport so we can go football we can go way back to lsu in 1959 as caleb pointed out to me earlier this morning uh, we can go basketball the whole nine yards so you list them off the ones that you think and our message board posters can take part we want them to do that but you list them off the ones that you think should be most considered Caleb, and then I'll give you my input because I've got one that that stands out that is probably going to be a runner-up in my mind, but uh, it's a, a closer runner-up than you might think. All right, so what do we got? Number one teams beating number one teams. Okay, so you mentioned the 1959 LSU one. That's Tennessee football's only win over an AP number one team in history. Um, LSU came into that game with Billy Cannon, I think they were on like they were defending national champs and were undefeated again. They had in Tennessee, they scored a late touchdown to make it 14 to 13, and they went for two. And Tennessee football had what's probably I think it's called the stop on a two point conversion where they stopped Billy Cannon short of uh, taking the go ahead lead that was under Bowden Wyatt, and they held on 14 to 13. That one is memorable, but then it's forgettable because Tennessee lost its final three games that year. The late 50s, early 60s Vols were really sliding under Bowden Wyatt after 56. Um, there in basketball, I think the most there's two distinct number one wins before this year. There have been three that we all remember in our life, which was Gonzaga of 2018, um, and then Memphis in 2008 and Kansas of 2010. Those stand out because Tennessee Memphis then state rivalry in 2008 two versus one to see who was number one it was just a great environment and then Kansas in 2010 Tennessee had had a player dismissed from the team uh the week before the week before they had three other players suspended they were starting walk-ons in that game and Kansas was undefeated in number one and Tennessee just shocked them so those are the ones that stand out the most in terms of unanimous number ones but I want to know where you're going with Dave, because none of those stand out as my biggest is what I think is the greatest win versus number one team. I'm going to save that. Okay. I think the Memphis, if we're talking about basketball, I think that was the one because I can't remember a Tennessee basketball game getting more pub headed into it. And oftentimes a Tennessee basketball game gets a lot of pub when they play at Kentucky. Why? Because it's Kentucky, but this was Tennessee and a non-conference school. I know it's in state but it wasn't Kentucky. And I just remember thinking the hype around that program, or sorry, around that game 
felt like the hype around Tennessee's football program. To me, the, it was it was kind of like that. I'm not saying it's Tennessee, Florida in September in the two the 90s and 2000s. I'm not saying that that it was that huge, but it the hype around it felt like that. So that Memphis game, as Smoky Mountain Red points out, was absolutely electric. So I would take that one. Um, and then I, I'm I'm sorry, I can't remember off the top of my head what was Alabama ranked last year. Yeah, you stole mine. That's where I was going. Yeah. Oh, is that where you were um, going? Yeah. So Alabama was you can't number beat that one. I Alabama mean. was number three in the AP poll, but they were number one in the coaches poll. Okay. So it's a half number one win, but that half number one win, I think is, I, I think that's the best win Tennessee's ever had over a team ranked number one in any poll. I, I think that Alabama game was just the everything that. You know, I had to read. I've done in the past. I've looked back on Tennessee's most legendary wins over Alabama. You got it, the '82 one that we all know, the '95 one with Peyton Manning. I think last year's Alabama win may be the greatest, the most memorable Alabama win in Tennessee football history. I think it takes the cake. And I, I don't I know. If I can't argue with that. And across the board, if you want to say that that is the number one beating the number one of all time, the the best of beating the number one, then. You can't really argue with that. It had the drama. It had everything. Um, Alabama is clearly a, a very good team. The the thing about that game, if they don't have a guy named Bryce Young, uh, that may be a two touchdown victory. That was the craziest part about that. My uh, brother, who and, and and dad, who are both obviously hardcore Vol fans, they were watching, and my brother was even admitting there at the time was like, "Man, you know, you're getting frustrated. You're rooting for Tennessee, but you can't help but appreciate the." A fight that Bryce Young put up in that game. I mean, I don't care who you were rooting for. If you're watching that game, Bryce Young was the best player on the field, even though Tennessee won. And- yeah, I, I, I agree. And I know he's coming back from a, a lot of these uh, early on reviews of his, his size. And I don't know that he went to the senior bowl, but the, the word around that you, you read is he's even smaller in person than he looks on the screen. I don't care. I would take that guy... If you want a, a, a ultimate compliment, because I'm a Cowboys fan, if you want to cut Dak Prescott right now and draft Bryce Young, I'm cool with that. You have to well, pay him a lot of cash, but intangibles matter. And I mean, you're right, Bryce Young. Just, I mean, there is a there is a certain level of intangibles with him that I don't think you can you can overlook. And that's um, but but you're right. I, I mean, that that was so, what was so great about that game. It was so memorable though because. Alabama had the best player. They actually should have had the best defensive player, but the, st- the other story of the game was Darnell Wright doing his job on Will Anderson, which I think that nothing nothing makes the case for Darnell Wright than what he did in that Alabama game. Um, it's funny. We're naming everybody but Jalen Hyatt, who I think his five touchdowns is still, like, okay. But it's I, I feel like that was more hypo scheming and hooker throwing than actually Jalen. I feel like anybody could have gotten those five touchdowns in that position. You talk about intangibles. I think Hinton Hooker is going to be a huge pickup. I think he makes your team better in the NFL, even if he is a backup and holding a clipboard. Um, I, I think he makes your team better. I think he has the absolute most incredible intangible. So we, we're agreeing then that we're taking the easy route out that beating number one in the coaches poll Alabama last year was the biggest um, win for Tennessee over a number one ranked team. I don't know that we can really argue that. Yeah, I think that's the greatest one. And if we're sticking with basketball, we're probably agreeing with Memphis. The Kansas one is the most impressive upset in basketball because, again, Tennessee was starting a walk-on in that game because they had four players suspended. 
um, and Tyler Smith kicked off the team. And that happened a week before. And Kansas was undefeated at that time. And Tennessee beat him. And it was Skylar McBee. Just, there, was a, there was a beautiful three-pointer he hit at a prayer um, late. So it's, that's, that's probably the, in terms of like, what's the biggest upset over like the Tennessee ever had. That was the one that was like the, like, wow, they actually pulled that off. But yeah. Today's tough question brought to you in part by the Andy Mason group, Andy Mason, Don't find yourself in a position where a realtor just pushes you into something and costs you thousands or tens of thousands of dollars. Andy Mason has two business principles, one, the best service, one, the best prices. How awesome is that? Andy Mason, off the hook sports official realtor in the Knoxville area. So be sure and check him out. How about Josh Ward? You got to check him out coming up next as uh, Josh is fantastic already with a column up and you can check out Caleb's piece as well on the big win last night and Tennessee beats number one, Alabama. We shall discuss more with Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker back in two minutes off the hook sports. Family has been creating jewelry since 1986, each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler, and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. Inflation has risen to the highest level in over 40 years, according to the April 2022 U.S. Inflation Calculator. Will your investments provide you the income you need in retirement? Are you losing purchasing power of your savings due to inflation? Simply stated, if the cost of goods and services are 8% higher and you're only earning 4% in your investments, that money buys you less of what you need. Right now is the time to act. Call Guardian Investment Advisors today. Hey folks, Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli-style subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. Chattanooga, we're at it again. For the fifth year in a row, you voted us best of the best criminal and DUI law firm. And finalists for best law firm and best personal injury firm. Thank you for the love, Chattanooga. We won't let you down. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasty Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasty, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassey's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. A college football tradition like no other. Yes, sirree, boys and girls. Or the guy that just won't leave. Wow, that is sad. The Dave Hooker Show, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Back to Dave Hooker. Welcome back. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker, Josh Ward, to visit with us shortly of the sports animal. Uh, Tennessee beats number one Alabama at home, and I didn't see many crowd shots. Did they do the checkering? Did it work out on short notice? They put that together? Uh, I think it did work out, but you're right. I didn't see as many as – I didn't see that many either from the court. But it, at least from what I saw, it seemed to be working out. Hey, so. we forgot a number one. Travis called us out. Thank you, Travis. We're not perfect. Um, we forgot one number one. Yeah, 1985 Tennessee Auburn. I, I can't believe I forgot that one. That was um, a Tony Robinson game. I thought they were two, Travis. That's why I messed up and didn't throw that out there. But we're talking about all-time wins against the number one team. That got Tony Robinson on the front of Sports Illustrated. Yeah, thirty-eight to twenty. It's it's really Tennessee. I would say that's that man. Good call by Travis putting it out. That was Tennessee's arrival game uh, in, in under Johnny Majors because um, the next week they were in the top twenty-five and stayed there the rest of the year. It was the first season. It was the beloved Sugar Vols, obviously. First year they won the SEC. First year they finished in the top twenty-five under Majors. They finished number four. And yeah, that all. I would say that Auburn game was. Would you say that was kind of the arrival of Tennessee football in the modern era that went over Auburn? 85? Yes. Yeah. I don't think there's any question. I thought it yeah. definitely was. Um, and, and yeah, I remember Tennessee being a more exciting thing after that game. Uh, it, you know, it just, it, it really cemented them as a program that was going to be talked about once again, which, you know, it was earlier, but what do you consider the modern era of football? I say, I mean, when I say, modern era i say post integration so 1967 to 70-ish post that um i say that it's when college it's like baseball you know you said you separate baseball between pre and post integration so i say integration is the modern era okay i guess i think modern era i think around the uh, the 90s and it has nothing to do with integration here's why i think it because really every game was on television at that point so i feel like a lot of programs before that would use that as a recruiting tool. Tennessee would say we're on TV eight times. So that to me meant it was a little bit more of a level playing field, but we're obviously talking about two very different things. A guy who's always talking about the right things, Josh Ward of the sports animal, his 
appearance brought to you in part by Zach England of Best and Brock. Zach England of Best and Brock. Zach's got your back. He can go toe to toe with those insurance company attorneys that want to make sure you don't get your just reward. That's Zach England of Best and Brock. Zach's got your back. Good morning, Josh Ward of the Sports Animal. How are you, sir? Doing well. Good morning. So what, anything happened to Thompson Bowling there uh, last night that maybe you've written about on offthehooksports.com? Anything? It was loud. Uh, the the, uh, the effort from everybody. So Tennessee's players on the floor and the fans in the stands, they took the energy to an 11 at the very start. And every single play, every single second, fans were into it, players were into it. And it you know it probably took 40 minutes of effort. If Tennessee gave 36 really good minutes of effort, they probably don't win the game. It, it took every minute and uh, uh, using up as many fouls as you could when needed. Tennessee did everything it, it needed to, had the right game plan going in. You know, I don't think this means Tennessee's a Final Four team. But waking up this morning, if Tennessee didn't respond after the two weeks of basketball, we would be in a whole different world right now. Yeah, last night really doesn't mean anything in terms of Tennessee's chances to go to the Elite Eight or Final Four. Uh, other than, okay, that helps with seeding, so you might have better matchups potentially in the NCAA tournament. But I do think the game reminded us of what is the best way for Tennessee to go on a deep run, and that is the defense being the best defense in the country. You will need some luck along the way. That is required. As Nate Oates said after the game, Tennessee has been really unlucky recently. Uh, shots late. And Tennessee made mistakes in losses against Missouri and Vanderbilt to help the opponents have a chance to then have luck on their side. But when Tennessee is locked in defensively, it is the best defense in the country, and it will give Tennessee a chance to beat any team on any given night. That will not guarantee success, but that's the best way for Tennessee to succeed. There might be a game or two where Tennessee just gets red hot and is able to, to do whatever it wants to offensively. Think about a game like Texas. But offensively, the Texas game is the exception for Tennessee this season. The rule for Tennessee to be a title contender would be what it's able to do on the defensive end. As far as all-time wins against number one ranked teams, we were having that discussion. So here are the ones we bandied about. There was the Alabama football win last year. There was the Memphis win in basketball. There was the 85, which is before both of your guys' time. Uh, there was the 85 win against uh, Auburn. It's it's hard to top the Alabama game last year in football, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's going to be right up there all time for many fans. I mean, uh, too many Tennessee fans saw Tennessee beat Alabama for the first time this past fall uh, in football. So uh, it's the only one they could even count. To, yeah, to, it's it's kind of like that one. And a lot of other games. Yeah, it, legitimately a, a generation can only count that one. So uh, Tennessee, of course, will hope to add to that. You know, the, uh, Memphis basketball, so if you, if you stick to the basketball side, that is so memorable because of what it meant for Tennessee as well. Tennessee being number two and climbing to number one for the first time in program history. Uh, the, the Kansas win, remember that, uh, would have to be so huge with uh, what was going on. With, with Tennessee basketball leading up to that game. But, uh, you know, last night last night was up there in terms of the atmosphere. I don't think this is going to be an all-time win unless maybe this team goes on and does something special in the postseason. So you start to think back to, okay, what was the road to that? Uh, that would make the, the Alabama win in basketball 
uh, over a number one more special. I say that because I don't think you like you think about uh, Kansas, think about Memphis. There's natural basketball uh, rivalries there or history with a team like Kansas. That's not really the case with Alabama. There is an SEC rivalry. And uh, I jokingly in the in the column wrote that wasn't just like football. It was in terms of the result. But if this team goes on and does something, then you think about the road to it, and you'll think about beating Kansas earlier in the season. You'll think about a win over the number one team in the country in Alabama, and then whatever else will happen. I just I think last night was a great performance, and it was a game that fans will always remember the energy in the, the arena. That part was, was special. That was Tennessee fans bringing it for the basketball team. Um, Josh, it's funny because we're talking about this. Yeah, when I'm thinking about some of Tennessee's basketball's like arrival, memorable, big wins, I, I – I feel like 2006 Florida, the, the Bruce Pearl and Billy Donovan's first matchup seemed to be seems a little more memorable than last night, honestly. <laughs> well, no, I think that's fair. And uh, I was actually trying to think about best environments that I've been in at Thompson Bowling, and they haven't always ended in a win, but Florida would absolutely be on that list. And that was one that I thought of when uh, it was a it was a checker TBA game. When Tennessee did that, I believe, for the first time against Kentucky, they ended up falling short. That was there at the start of Bruce Pearl's run, but it was a great atmosphere. And that was at a time where remember Tennessee had won in, in Lexington and Chris Lofton has a huge game. So the energy was just building quickly with Tennessee basketball. Uh, I mentioned that, that Kansas win where you actually had, remember you had Bruce and Lane, I think hug or celebrate together right after the win. Then a few days later, <laughs> Lane's leaving for USC. So it's a very <laughs> weird time for Tennessee fans. And that can, can make part of it uh, forgettable, but that was a game where Tennessee for different reasons, it was off-court issues, but they didn't have everybody. But they had players step up. Ronaldo Woolridge had maybe the best game of his career that day in that win against Kansas. So uh, Thompson Bowling, I was in the arena that day, was was awesome. But uh, yeah, they, they keep the volume meter there on the Jumbotron, and it, it was getting pretty high in the middle of that game against Alabama. And uh, I don't know that he compares to other great players that Tennessee's gone up against, but Brandon Miller is a big-time talent. He's going to be a top-10 pick in the NBA draft. And him being there added something to it. So there are other games that I would absolutely rank ahead of what we just saw Tennessee do against Alabama. Tennessee was favored in the game, you know, to win it. But it, it was still a, a terrific night. And it was from beginning to end. Early on, Bama had, what, a one- or two-point lead? Uh, but that was it. Once Tennessee took control of the game, it never allowed Alabama to grab control back. Miller hit that three to tie it at 40. And then Tennessee went on a run, and that was it. For for both of you guys, let me just open it up here for a second. Where does Thompson Bowling Arena rank among toughest environments? When it's on, I mean, we always want to say Cameron, and I get that, but uh, Kansas, of course. But where does it suddenly, not suddenly, but where does it where does it rank among the most difficult places to play? Josh, you want to start off? I think we could pull up the record. I don't have the exact numbers for the conversation, but pull up the record of Tennessee in huge games against highly ranked teams in Knoxville, Tennessee wins. Tennessee's going to win the game. So uh, I think that Thompson Bowling Arena at its best uh, when when it's packed, sellout crowd, and the crowd's into it is as good as it gets in college basketball in terms of toughest environments for opposing teams to go to play. Uh, th- that's not to say it's better than Cameron Indoor or when you go to – Allen Fieldhouse, those places are special. Often, those teams have had more talent than Tennessee's roster likely has. Tennessee has good has good talent, has had some 
pretty special players come in along the way. But those other programs that we think of, the Blue Bloods, have year in, year out, the best talent in the country, most likely. Uh, same with Rupp Arena, of course. So uh, the, the environment itself, I think, is as tough as it gets in college basketball when Thompson Bowling Arena is all the way up uh, at its highest level. Yeah, I'm with Josh on that. I think there's two exceptions. I think one is Cameron because of I, because of the way – look, I'm sorry, half of the people at Cameron are Duke students who never watched basketball in their life until they went to Duke and they went on academic scholarship and they they took a class on what to chant. And so, I mean, it's – but it, it, the way it's designed, it's loud. The only other one I would say that's above Thompson when Thompson is at its best is – and it's not because of the fans, but it's Memorial Gym in Vanderbilt. The way that gym is designed, it's, there's some – there's some magic there that, I mean, that, that exists. Um, so those would be the only two. Okay. Caleb, I was looking at, I, I just pulled this up and this is from 2022, but they actually on uh, CBS sports, they polled coaches. It's, it's a pretty neat column. Um, so tier one was Allen Fieldhouse at Kansas, Cameron indoor stadium, Duke uh, McCarthy athletic center and Gonzaga. And then tier two was Mackey Arena, Purdue, McHale Center, Arizona, Assembly Hall in Indiana, Rupp Arena in Kentucky, tier three, Breslin Center, Michigan State, um, and then the Roundhouse at Wichita State, Neville Arena at Auburn, the United Supermarkets Arena, where it's always buy one, get one free, Texas Tech. But <laughs> I, um, man, except for those blue blood ones where you're scared of the tradition, Josh, I'd put thompson bowling arena with any of those yeah for sure um like auburn's a tough place to go play right now but that's because of bruce pearl so i i think yeah uh, yeah, i think what also helps the case for thompson bowling arena and just tennessee basketball in general is we have games that we can point to when bruce pearl was the head coach and thompson bowling arena started to change in what it was we have some games with conzo martin as the basketball coach where you came to knoxville good luck and now we have a bunch of games to point to with Rick Barnes. You have to have good teams, so that's still going to matter. But in these big games, games against top five, top ten level opponents, top 25 opponents, th- that list is just missing Thompson Bowling Arena. It is. The record's too good for Tennessee. They've played in too many big games and right. won too many of them to argue against the record. Yeah, and Thompson Bowling, sorry to interrupt, Caleb, but Thompson Bowling Arena was built very similar to kind of mimic Rock. And for a long time, it was a cavernous, just a void of basketball. But now that the basketball is good, the fans have been there, and it, it feels like uh, rough. I'm trying to remember, who was the guy for Florida? Was it Mike Miller that played for Florida? Yeah, Mike Miller played for Florida. Okay. The best environment I saw was when Mike Miller was shooting a free throw at Thompson Bowling Arena, and they and somebody held up the centerfold of his girlfriend, girls of the SEC, and Playboy. That was pretty intense. That's Matt Walsh. That's Matt, Walsh. I'm sorry. Yeah. How do you know that so quickly, Caleb? <laughs> yeah, that was Josh, is that troubling that Caleb knows that so quickly? Uh, well, I, I, I was ready for the correction as well. But Matt, Matt Walsh is—he's a central figure in basketball. He's a big owner in the New Zealand Basketball League. He was given Scotty Hobson love. So Matt Walsh has been fresh on the mind here in the last couple of years. And that uh, that UT student, by the way, was was escorted out to the best of my recollection. I was in the arena, and uh, you and I, I were mean, sitting next to each other. Yeah, and I, he had a big smile on his face because he he had a huge stack of printouts and you know, throwing them throwing them up or passed them out, whatever he'd done. So, yeah, he. But I don't think Matt Walsh was uh, – I don't think he was upset by that. I mean, it was 
it was a compliment being paid to the opponent. <laughs> but think- if it's if it's your girlfriend right behind the see-through backboard and you're shooting a free throw, that has to be a little a little annoying. <laughs> well, it, it 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 can be distracting, no distracting. doubt about it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, like it that's not trash talk. Okay, it it could be distracting. It, it could it could negatively affect play. But I promise that wasn't trash talk. No, it makes me think I want this game to be over with so I can go back to Gainesville and hang out with my girlfriend is what I want to do. All right, sorry, Gail. I distinctly, I just, I distinctly remember that was 03. That was Tennessee upset Florida. That was probably the highest point of Buzz Peterson's whole career at Tennessee because they were on like a six-game winning streak. Seeing that his girlfriend nude? Yes. No, no, no. No, that game because Tennessee upset Florida. That was a six-game winning streak. They were actually – predicted to go to the NCAA tournament and then they fell apart towards the end of the year. And then we realized Buzz could not coach and his only resume was being Michael Jordan's roommate. But anyways, <laughs> um, uh, uh, Josh, I wanted to talk a little more about this game. The I, I'm still, you know, even in this game yesterday, the one concern I have is that Tennessee still shot 25% from three. And until I was talking to Dave about this until the last couple of minutes, they were awful from the free throw line until Alabama was just fouling to try to somehow come back. And you know, what happens if you face a team in, in March and you shoot like that? They shoot, what, 40 45% from three, and they don't turn it over the way Alabama did. I mean, I, I know Tennessee's defense is great, but, I mean, if you're – great defense in basketball doesn't stop red-hot shooting. So what, what can Tennessee do at that point? Yeah, I mean, that's the fear, uh, is that Tennessee can play really good defense and uh, still not have enough on the other end to match whatever else a team can come up with. Uh, and – the turnovers you mentioned that that I mean that's the biggest part here because you just you start doing math and Tennessee took what was it 15 more shots than Alabama in the game you just t- you take a bunch more shots you're going to have a better chance to outscore them and late game situations let's say Tennessee has a lead in a, a big spot second round sweet 16 whatever and they still need to hit free throws that's going to be a question uh, will Tennessee do that will Tennessee avoid mistakes Tennessee avoided mistakes late it was Alabama actually making mistakes late in the game. But against Vanderbilt and against Missouri and a bunch of times in that second half against Florida, even after coming back, Tennessee made the mistakes, and Tennessee was the one that got rattled. And in the postseason, Tennessee will not have its crowd on its side. So it is still a big question. So any Tennessee fan that is saying, okay, that was great, but I'm skeptical that the NCAA tournament run is going to happen, I don't have anything to say against your argument because you're pointing to what's happened the last few years and what happens all the time in college basketball. Uh, but the, the defense is the best shot. If, if you're saying come up with the formula, I can't come up with a confident formula that Tennessee is going to be great offensively. They still have work to do there. And that, that's where Josiah Jordan-James and Julian Phillips become important. Alabama, the Alabama game was one where you can come up with a, a pretty easy plan to win the game without two starters. But going on a run in March without Josiah Jordan-James and Julian Phillips – Sounds impossible. Change gears on you a little bit, Josh. You visit with Jim Nagy, who is he heads up the senior bowl. I'm not sure of his title exactly, but yeah, executive known, director. Yep. Executive director. I've known him for a, a number of years. And he shared some insight as to Hendon Hooker being at the senior bowl. He couldn't do anything. So maybe some people ask, why are you even there? But why was it significant you think that Hendon Hooker was there according to Nagy? Yeah, and he wanted Hinden there because he's a quarterback, suffered the the unfortunate serious injury, but thought there was real value for him being around NFL teams, which I would agree with. And it is different from 
other positions in terms of trying to build competition on the field. But Hendon on the field at Tennessee clearly took strides over the last couple of years to improve what he was as a quarterback. And down in Mobile for Senior Bowl week, he was able to show teams uh, how he had matured and the leadership qualities that he carries. And I don't know where Hendon's going to go in the NFL draft. You can find a good amount of second-round talk. There'll be a lot of people that probably project third or fourth round. But part of Jim's point was that you know it, it takes one team. You hear that all the time. But it's going to be really difficult if a team is thinking third, definitely wait till the fourth round to take Hendon to believe that Hendon will actually be there because Hendon's going to be so impressive in how he presents himself. We'll see later in the spring how much he's able to do physically going through that rehab process. But uh, I think Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl wanted teams to be able to see the growth that Jim had seen in Knoxville in Hendon's game and the growth that he's taken on as a leader at Tennessee since becoming a starter back in 2021. Just, just for a little fun, uh, sticking with Hendon Hooker, I, I want to know, because he's not physically performing, but he's winning people over with his intangibles. Is he like the polar opposite of Tyler Bray if we're comparing Tennessee football quarterbacks? Because <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Bray won everybody over with his, with his uh, physical abilities, I remember, in 2010 workouts, but nobody respected his intangibles whatsoever. Are they like polar opposites? Tyler's career is one of the most fascinating to me because he left Tennessee with – Plenty of maturity, question marks. Remember his his third season? He played three seasons in Knoxville. Remember that Florida game? And he made comments about, yeah, I didn't really watch the film, just moving on. It's like, ah, I think you might want to watch some film from that one, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a pretty rough second half. Uh, but he went from that to being kind of the system guy that Andy Reid and Matt Nagy wanted to keep around. And Matt Nagy didn't work out as a head coach, but well-respected as an offensive coach. He's back in Kansas City working with Reed. And so he went from the Chiefs to the Bears because he was, he was a kind of a, a camp quarterback or a system guy that they, they wanted in the room with the other quarterback. So uh, to compare to Hendon, yeah, uh, Hendon, uh, he rose to the occasion for Tennessee in big games. Tyler didn't necessarily do that. And uh, off the field, zero questions about Hendon. There were several with Tyler, but hey, Tyler, Tyler carved out some kind of football career and, and I think learned the game. Uh, Hinden, I think, is a, a few steps ahead entering the, the draft process. Now, he's a lot older, too, to, to, uh, in Tyler's defense. Tyler, I don't think he had the right guidance under Derek Dooley as a head coach. I think Hinden was in a better spot as an older player playing for Josh Heupel. I think there's a lot of dudes like that that were in that period of goofball coaches that Tennessee had that did not mature throughout their college years. I could, I could go on and, and name a ton and some of them had success in, in, in the NFL. And I think that's a selling point now, Josh, the culture of Tennessee football. And I hate that term. It's overused. We're going to change culture and all this, but I do think it's, it's visible. It's transparent that Josh Heupel wants what's best for his players and that there's a positive attitude i don't know if that's tangible how you really put a value on that but i do think it's there as far as from a recruiting standpoint yeah so the culture is used way too much but i think that's because the programs that win and are successful and have it they legitimately have the right kind of culture and then other programs say they're going to or pretend to or try to and they don't actually know what they're doing josh heupel does uh, i i think what he did at ucf coming in and having to take over a program that at the time was at the top uh, with Scott Frost, where where he left it, Josh Heupel, uh, when he took over as a head coach, he recognized, okay, I need to listen to players. I'm going to do what I'm going to do, but I want to listen to the players. And I think that 
built trust, and he brought that to Knoxville in a different situation where the program is at the bottom of the SEC. But it was still about creating a connection with the players. Uh, there, there's a little bit of luck. I mean, it was Jeremy Pruitt that left Hooker. If Hooker were not in Knoxville, I don't think we're talking about an 11-win season this past year. And that would challenge that culture a little bit because winning is ultimately going to matter. But you put together the right people uh, and have leaders in place, guys like I think about a year ago, Matthew Butler, who was older and decided to stay for another year. Bayless Jones, who was older and decided to stay for another year. Those guys buying in to what was a good plan legitimately by Josh Heupel and then getting it right ultimately, not not initially, but ultimately with Hendon Hooker as the quarterback. So you have real playmakers who do work off the field and were dedicated to getting things right, and it all came together. And then once that happens, you hope that you're able to pass that down to the next group. So on the offensive line, for example, Darnell Wright, look at his transformation. Look at Jerome Carvin, who was a real leader for them on the offensive line. Those guys move on. So other guys that have bought in and played a lot now and are older, Cooper Mays, Javante Spragans, they take the baton and they help lead from a culture standpoint. Still have to make plays and how Joe progresses is going to matter. All that stuff matters. But from a buy-in standpoint and creating competition on the field in the locker room, I think that's been set in place by the guys who have now left the program. At Josh underscore Ward, he's on noon to three in the Sports Animal in Knoxville. So uh, check him out. Josh, I appreciate it, buddy. You got it. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Josh Ward of the Sports Animal. I don't think there's a better example, as Josh was saying, of Joe Milton. In this day and age where quarterbacks are hitting the door as fast as they can at the transfer portal, a guy that's willing to come back and stay, uh, to me, is pretty phenomenal, Caleb. I, I, I think 99 out of 100 quarterbacks, when they know there's a starter ahead of them and they're running out of eligibility with two years left heading into last year, they're bolting, right? Absolutely. I think this is where Tennessee is very unique. They're, they have a combination of good coaching and high-character guys. Um, you didn't always have that combination in the past. Uh, I, I know we talked about Tyler Bray being in a bad situation with bad guidance, but I still question his character because Josh Dobbs was also in a bad situation with bad coaching, but he had great character and great intangibles and great leadership. And and so, But he was stuck with terrible coaching. <laughs> and so I think that I think right now you're seeing, you know, Hendon Hooker and Joe Milton are both really, really high character guys, great intangibles. And they have a very good coach who also seems to be of high character. I know Tim Tebow was a high character guy. He didn't have a coach of high character and he didn't have teammates of high character. (laughs) He had one that murdered people. But other than that, he was a great dude. Portions of the program. Yes. He had another one calling people N-words at Kenny Chesney concerts and... You know. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, that's frowned upon. Uh, portions of the program brought to you by Craft Treats, crafttreats.com. You've got to check out their chill pills. If your pet has any issues with arthritis, digestive issues, or maybe anxiety when it gets in the car, gets around people, they've got the CBD treats that will take care of your pet, crafttreats.com. Again, crafttreats.com. Use the promo code off the hook, promo code off the hook, and get 20% off of their chill pills. And they've got Fantastic treats, non-CBD as well. You'll absolutely love crafttreats.com. Use the promo code off the hook. The promo code off the hook. Get 20% off and you will absolutely uh, bark with enthusiasm at the treats that you can get from crafttreats.com. Do you see what I did there? Bark with enthusiasm. Oh, Lord. Well played. That wasn't, that wasn't great, was it? 
No, I mean, that was a fun one. That was a good one. No, it wasn't that one. good. That was bad. And I've got my new toy here so I can do the rim shot. Yeah, that's terrible. That's the last time that's going to play. Two minutes off the hook sports. Caleb Calhoun's the man. I'm Dave Booker. Sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vasti's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vasti Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Hey folks, Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. Chattanooga, we're at it again. For the fifth year in a row, you voted us best of the best criminal and DUI law firm. And finalists for best law firm and best personal injury firm. Thank you for the love, Chattanooga. We won't let you down. Our family has been creating jewelry since 1986. Each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard! The Dave Hooker Show. Who? A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. Coming back, Caleb looks like he's really deep in thought, which scares me. No, I accidentally hit my webcam, and so, <laughs> so that's all it was. Yep, that's all it was. <laughs> A slight adjustment if you're watching on our video feeds, and I remind you. Uh, the new app is out. I'm going to send out a link to that, but you can just go to your app store and uh, type in off the hook, off the hook sports should come right up. And it's a great way to follow what we do on the program. Cause there are a lot of things like interviews with uh, Jacob Warren and Cooper Mays that uh, you, you may miss subscribe to the YouTube channel and please click that like button. We greatly appreciate that. We're with you each and every morning live on all of the platforms at 10 a.m. And then you're able to listen to the show via the app, which I'm just going to say, and I appreciate Smoky Mountain Red said he's already downloaded it. 
But I'm just going to say, getting an app launched, I don't know what the Apollo missions were like um, to get to the moon. I'd say that was challenging, but it cannot be, it couldn't have been as challenging as getting an app launched. And I'm just going to leave it at that. It's been something that's been going on since the summer. Now, I didn't know that Tennessee was going to be one of the best teams in college football. That certainly affected things. Arthur says on our message board, I'm not saying that uh, Plastic is the answer, but using a bigger lineup helped Tennessee against Bama last night. I see Coach Barnes is using their length better. You think there's a personnel tweak that happened last night that could extend in the rest of the season, Caleb? I think it just matched up well with Alabama. Um, I, I, I don't trust Tennessee's bigs to consistently be the threat they were last night throughout the rest of the year. And there's just not enough. There's not enough outside punch if you do that. And again, there's not a, the three point shooting is bad enough as it is. Now, maybe because the three point shooting is so bad, you just say screw it and just throw and just just say let's just play big the whole time, and that's where we have our biggest advantage if you're Tennessee. But I I think you're going to have to find ways to stretch the floor a little bit and playing big, playing you know using your length all year the rest of the year is not going to help that. Smoky Mountain Red says you have arrived at the pinnacle of business ownership now with an app. I guess. <laughs> Yes, I can. Uh, it d- definitely frees up some hours, but we love it because it's an ability to, again, follow what we do. And Caleb, by the way, up and rocking it uh, last night uh, with a basketball recap as he's the night owl. I tend to be the morning guy. And uh, Caleb, if you can, just kind of recap what you thought of the win and what it means for the rest of uh, Tennessee's uh, season as we're very close to March. And then I want to get to get back to that uh, SP plus. Is that what it's called again? The yep. rankings that are based off offensive and defensive returning production and break down where Tennessee stands in that. And they might be a little lower ranked than I would have them. But again, your thoughts on, on the game last night, I thought it was, a bit of a statement victory, maybe that may be a little bit strong, but I thought it was one that Tennessee had to have, or we're having a conversation right now of what the H, um, where is this program, especially if they didn't respond and they were to get beat by 14, 18 points, but they did respond and they beat number one Alabama. You're, but you don't think that it necessarily means this is suddenly a final 14, correct? Correct. Uh, it didn't change much. Before I get into that, I just want to point out, you know, the next step after the app, guys, is – David and I are going to do OnlyFans, have an off-the-hook OnlyFans account. <laughs> I only recently learned what that meant. And um, I thought, and I've referenced it a couple of times because I thought OnlyFans was just about sports, but it's not. So no, no we, will not be in, we will not be doing an OnlyFans account anytime soon. <laughs> I might. Just, 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 just for you guys, just for the real, just for the, the hair. It's the hair. See, I mean, you're rocking this new hair gel and you're, you're feeling confident. So you can, I guess, Google OnlyFans. Is that how you get that account? And uh, Caleb Calhoun. And then suddenly you're, you're off and running. Uh, Gene says hard pass. Amen to that. <laughs> All the hair gel in the world would not get me to subscribe to Caleb's OnlyFans. As we... Caleb froze up. I think he was so nervous about the uh, the OnlyFans. Uh, I think we have Caleb back. So what were you yeah, saying? Yeah. Um. Uh, uh, yeah. On a on a more serious note, um, 
uh, yeah, on the game last night, I, I don't think it changes much. I think it was more it's it lets you know that Tennessee is not it was a morale win to where they're okay, they're not collapsing as a program in February to March. I'll say that, but I every problem that exists and persists with uh Tennessee is still um it still exists after last night, quite honestly. I I just don't I and I, I don't think last night's win over a number one team changes that. And again, there's nothing that impressive about being a number one team this year in basketball. And I apologize to everybody for my Wi-Fi going out, and it caught me in another dumb look. That's what happens whenever my Wi-Fi goes out. And well, your thoughts on Tennessee basketball, man? You, it, it's a tournament sport, man. They can get this thing rolling. Your thoughts are kind of like. i've got my new fun board so here we go that uh rewiring that and the app it's been a big week at all the hooks boards (laughs) so we're excited and uh we have another big addition we've we've talked about i think josh is going to be a regular contributor fred white will be tomorrow and we've got a huge series i'm not even going to talk about it yet because i'm so excited don't want to give anything away but it's just going to be awesome it's going to look back at one of the best teams of all time in Tennessee history. So uh, Smoky Mountain Red said he saved that still image of you. So that will start to circulate the Internet. I, I remember one time when um, we were doing a commercial with Tennessee Sports Radio and Eric Ainge uh, threw a football really hard at me from 10 yards away, which you would never do it even in an NFL game. You would put touch on it. But he got really mad at me because I caught it. And so then he came back with one that was ridiculous. I mean, humming. And if you've never caught a pass from a, a, an NFL quarterback, which he was, it's a whole different level. And I didn't catch that one. And it looked like, and but anyway, the point is, it just circulated through the internet and there was no stopping it. And um, that's where Caleb's going to be with his frozen look here in a little bit. But I caught the first one. I just, if anybody's seen that picture, I caught the first one and he got mad that I caught it because it was supposed to be uncatchable. But this was taking his frustrations out on the media, which ironically he's now a member of. Arthur saying, I don't necessarily think Tennessee is a Final Four team, but I don't discredit the idea either. I think the Bigs made a huge difference. And yes, still Tennessee did not shoot well last night. It was a change. All right. So, Let's recap where Tennessee is in this uh, SB. What, what, what do you call it again? Because I, I like SP plus the SP plus rankings. It takes SP into account plus returning production, recent success and recruiting. It takes those three things into account. And so it's a formulaic way to rank it. Okay. How does it. Okay. Say that again, because I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to how they come up with these numbers. Returning production. I understand that one. That's easy. Yep. Recent success okay. and um, success on the recruiting trail. And I believe recruiting success includes the transfer portal now. I believe they've adjusted their model for that. Okay. Um, so so this is an ESPN thing. So likely they're utilizing, I would think, ESPN's rankings, which are not particularly as favorable to Tennessee because of a lot of political reasons as other ones such as on three and rivals. And we could get into that whole discussion of why they're not, but uh, ESPN, uh, you know, just, I don't know that they have anything against Tennessee necessarily. I think what happens with the other recruiting services, they have big sites uh, in that cover Tennessee 
and they get favorable recruiting rankings. Not to say Nico, for instance, isn't the top prospect of the nation. He may well be. But I would assume they take in ESPN's rankings as far as recruiting. So who is ahead of Tennessee right now? And we discussed it a little bit yesterday, but we didn't really get to dive into it because of time. Yeah, so yesterday we had um, we talked about it, and Al- uh, Georgia was number one. I think Ohio State was number two. Michigan was number three. Alabama was number four. And Penn State was number five. And Tennessee was number six. Um, last year, Tennessee was number 10 going into the year and finished number six. Okay. And so, yeah, as we discussed yesterday, I think we both agree Tennessee is going to be better than Penn State. Um the other, three of the others were iffy, and then Georgia was – they would definitely be worse. But we kind of talked ourselves into, like, outside of, like, LSU below them, it, 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 it's hard to not see Tennessee having a top-five caliber team this year. I know. I agree when you look at the other teams, too. So how do they factor in recent success? Is it two years? Is it one year? Is it? Do we know the answer to that? Because if recent success is based off one year, then Tennessee should – benefit from last season if it's based off the past five years then not necessarily so um so according to bill Connolly, uh looking at it now it's uh using a sliver of information from previous seasons two to four years ago um he says it's only he says it's about 15 percent of the puzzle um and so i'm not so looks like four years is the max that they go up to but i, I think they they you know obviously heavily weight recency a little more um so yes and he has he is incorporating transfers this year for recruiting success both quantity and or quality and volume um so last year was the first year they incorporated transfers and they didn't really come up with the formula on how to how to handle that so i think this year they're um they're doing a better job with that the story on this one is after doing the sp plus um they did a uh they kind of did a, a, a different top 10, which was a little weird, um, where they did a best and worst case scenario for every team. And Tennessee's ceiling to floor range was about number 10 on the list. So their ceiling is 11 and one and their floor is seven and five based on SP plus rankings. And they have a 13% chance of finishing 11 and one or better. So even though he listed 11 and one as the ceiling, I mean, a 13% chance of finishing better than 11 and one is pretty good it's really good uh gene says that ken palm has tennessee at number four and their defense at number one so gene's going to send us that's basketball oh was it you're talking basketball okay um so we're talking about football right now gene sorry to throw you off but uh let's get to um let's get to four downs and it's going to revolve around that four downs brought to you by bassy lawn and garden man alive it's worth the drive whether you're in knoxville or Nashville or Chattanooga, Bassey Lawn and Garden is in Cleveland, and they've got the industrial mowers, the commercial mowers, and residential. They're absolutely phenomenal. Four downs brought to you by Bassey Lawn and Garden. Man alive, it's worth the drop. Four downs. Four questions. Four answers. The Dave Hooker Show. Four. 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 Bounds. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. Makes me think of that goofy commercial with Tony Romo in it, talking about Bushwood and Caddyshack and all that stuff. 
haven't even talked about the Super Bowl commercials. But let's talk about Tennessee football. That's way more fun and way more bona fide. I'm going to make you pick between 11 and 1 and 7 and 5. You only have two options. First down, 11 and 1 or 7 and 5. And by the way, if you want to weigh in on the message board, do so. Whether or not you're watching live or you're watching on a delay, we're live every morning at 10 Eastern. But go ahead and weigh in, and we'll get back to you and give give you a response. We respond to all comments. You got to pick 11-1 or 7-5. and Caleb, okay, what do you pick? Those two options, 11-1. and one. Easy. Easy. And not just on Tennessee's talent. I mean, they could be a top-20 team, and I'd go 11-1. and one. Their schedule is... Tennessee's schedule is relatively garbage next year. Let's just say it. It's not good. What would it take for seven and five? It would take a big quarterback issue, right? Either Joe Milton is not ready for prime time and Nico is not ready for prime time as well. Both quarterbacks would have to have issues. I'm, I, you know, I guess I could be Stephen A. Smith and go devil's advocate here, but I, I don't see any any chance at Tennessee seven and five. So if I have to choose between the two, it would be 11 and one. All right. You got to pick a surefire loss before we get to the surefire win. Second down surefire loss, Caleb. I I mean, if I, I have to stick with Georgia as a surefire loss, even more than Alabama, because if Alabama starts Jalen Milrow next year, which Nick Saban is capable of being dumb enough to do that. If you know his history of misusing quarterbacks, then Tennessee has a great chance of beating Alabama. So I think Georgia is the one surefire loss this year. I'm going to take Alabama because I'm hearing that Nick Saban is not on board with the Jalen Milrow thing from a source close to Alabama, and he doesn't think he's the future and they're going to do something else. I don't know what that something else is, but I think that's also part of the reason they're going to more of a pro-style offense so there's not as much pressure on the quarterback like there was Bryce Young. If they might Bryce Young, that's a four-loss team last year. So um, surefire loss, uh, I would have to go – uh, Alabama being on the road as well. Surefire win. May I go first? It's yes. South Carolina. They're going to hammer South Carolina. If you can get numbers on that right now, I don't care if it's 14, 17 points, take Tennessee to cover because this team's still mad about that. They're going to hammer South Carolina. Um. So don't go Vandy on me, surefire win. Pick something that's slightly debatable. Oh, I was going to go Austin P. <laughs> okay, so we can't do so. Basically, these aren't. We're not including Virginia, Austin P, Texas, San Antonio, Vanderbilt, UConn. Those are no. like all five of those are circled wins. You got to take um, something that's within a ten point spread or so. Well, since you said South Carolina, I'm going to say the game after South Carolina, Texas A&M. I think Texas A&M is falling apart as a program under Jimbo Fisher. I think the program is an absolute disaster this year. This Jimbo Fisher-Bobby Petrino thing will not work out. You heard it here first. Uh, This is Jimbo Fisher's last year. Uh, That's it. I'm saying it here, guys. This is Jimbo Fisher's last year, and Texas A&M is going to have to eat $50 million or whatever. Uh, I tend to think you're right. And that whole program's like a motorcycle wreck. Get it? Train wreck? All right, fourth down, will the Vols make the college football playoff? Yay or nay? Will the Vols make the college football playoff? Just four teams. If this is 12, I think we're at an absolute yes, but that's a year away. So will the Vols make the college football playoff this year? No. No, they won't. 
Okay, who makes it above them? Because right now, there are only a handful of teams. If we go back to this um, ranking, uh, the SP ranking from ESPN, if we go back to that, there's only a handful of teams. So there's going to be a Big 12 team get in by default, TCU style, because they didn't play anybody. So they get in with one loss or zero losses because of their schedule. I don't know who that Big 12 team is going to be. They won't be one of the 10 best teams in the country, but they're going to get into the playoff. Um, then there is going to be the Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. One of those teams. I, I can't believe I said Penn State. Ohio State, Michigan. One of them is getting to the playoff um, for winning the Big Ten. Um, I still think the SEC comes down to Georgia or Alabama. Those are three. I think the fourth is going to be either the second team among Georgia and Alabama or a Pac-12 team or Pac-16 team sneaks in. I think it's going to be one of those two. I, I, I don't see Tennessee. I don't see room for Tennessee at that point. I don't think Tennessee makes it, but I think they're knocking on the door similar to last year. I don't think they'll have any sort of meltdown like they had at Columbia. So I think Tennessee is knocking on the door and in a very similar situation where maybe they're just an odd man out. But uh, 2024, we're talking about a whole different ball game with a bigger playoff and a more settled quarterback position. And I believe it'll be Nico rolling into a second year with uh, about a half dozen starts under his belt at the bare minimum. That's that's my going out on a limb thing. Caleb does that often. But I, I believe at some point Nico is going to take over this job sooner rather than uh, later. Great stuff from the message board. Um, I want to remind you the portions of the program are brought to you by City Heating and Air Conditioning, cityheatandair.com. City Heating and Air Conditioning Integrity Matters. Your HVAC unit might not need to be replaced. It may just need a part or some more Freon. Arthur says, I agree with Dave. Surefire loss is Alabama because it's a road game. A surefire win will be South Carolina being a home game. Yeah, whatever the spread is, if you can get it right now, Take the balls. Take so the you, balls all day long. Since you brought up the motorcycle, what's your favorite SEC extramarital affairs scandal of all time? What's the what's what's the one that stands out the most? Is it or, or not um shall we say salacious. sorry? Yeah, salacious. Or are salacious. you just going straight out sex scandal? You so brought like, up only fans and sex scandals today. Yeah, because I, I mean there's Bi Vitrino, there's Mike Price. Um, it's not even close to me, it's Mike Price. The fact that you, yeah, the fact that you take a uh, dancer uh, back to your room and she spends the night and then you go to play golf with the boosters and while you're playing golf, she gets mad thinking you left her, which what was she supposed to think? This is going to turn into a long-term relationship (laughs) and she orders one of everything on the menu to get back at you. So that's how we got called? Yes. She said, she called room service and said, I want one of everything on the menu. And they said, well, that's weird. And so they called Mike Price. So he had to come from off the golf course to address this issue. And this was back when I was first starting in, in radio. And there we, we ran down somebody who was... And I don't know if she was joking, having a good time with it, but supposedly she was in the room next door. And I said, did you hear anybody scream roll Todd? And she goes, yeah, I heard a lot of roll Todd's that night. <laughs> that to me was as good as it gets. <laughs> that set the bar. And I do love how Bobby Petrino 
lied about it. I mean, that's pretty classic. The the other one that is not really a scandal because they end up getting married is uh, Brett Bielema, who supposedly, you know, she his wife worked in the athletic department. OK, so they both go to Las Vegas, coincidentally, the same time, meet at a blackjack table, but didn't know each other and got married in Las Vegas. Does anybody believe that story? No, not at all. So what we're learning is Arkansas coaches are literally pigs. <laughs> That's what it is. Why don't you just go to your AD and say, I fell for this girl that's in my athletic department. And I just wanted you to know, and I wanted to be up front. Why would you manufacture this story about going to Vegas? I mean, it, yeah, this is everything I've ever learned about office workspace is like, okay, dating within the department is okay, but you just have to be up front and transparent about it and let people know. Like, yeah, I... <laughs> Wow, it, may, so it would make me question every other thing you said. Yeah. Yeah. I Wait, agree. You just met at a blackjack table in Vegas and got married. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's- <laughs> coaches only get like two weeks off. What are the chances that you would be there with an athletic department <laughs> member and actually not know them? I mean, and- Britney Spears did get married for 24 hours in Vegas. And they needed only fans for SEC coaches. That's true. But, I, I mean, listen, I'm very happily married, but that girl is stunning. You, you, if you saw her in the office, you would say that young lady is stunning. You would not say you would not just walk by them like you might, you know, me or Caleb in the office setting and say, oh, I never recognized him until the blackjack table. Come on. Yeah. Oh God! Come on, Smoky Mountain Red said had nothing to do with the money he made. Hey, semi-sexist nowadays, but you're right. For Caleb Calhoun, I'm Dave Hooker. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Download the app; it's out, and we're excited. Off the Hook Sports and uh, great things coming up on OffTheHookSports.com. Have a great day, everyone.